0: We started looking at Daniel this time as a person and not just a man who wrote about the end time. And I think probably if there is a Bible figure most of us can relate to, um, most of us don't feel like we understand Jesus because he lived three and a half years and know the books could not contain if all the works he had done had been told among us. But Daniel's a little different. Daniel's very accessible because he was a child when he was taken into captivity. And we discussed today that he was very possibly made a eunuch, which means he would never have children. He certainly never had a love life. He solely served as a slave in a foreign land. But at that time, and there were no parents to help him, there was no church to go to, he made a decision as a child of 13. That he would not allow himself to be tempted by the flesh pots, by the lust, by the offering to his appetites, whether it was sexual or whether it was through his stomach. And the first thing he did, and Sister Tracy, just follow my slides, go to that one that said he consecrated himself. I have a little different version. He consecrated himself from the heart. The king had told the, the men who were over children captives, especially young men, one group of little girls and women would have been taken, but these boys were something different. And the reason they emasculated them is they didn't want them to lead an uprising. So the only weapons these children had was between their ears and in their heart what they could bring to the king's table. Now, you can't do anything about your IQ. You can use it, but you can't give yourself gifts. But these children had been raised in a certain way, and clearly their teaching had stuck with them. At 13 years old, a boy was able to say, not for me. I could only wonder what kind of parents he had to help him make that decision. And I talked this morning about the importance of parents taking the lead. You want God to use your children, clear the way for them. You show them what faithfulness looks like. Children don't suddenly become faithful in church at the age of 25 if their parents have not also been faithful. If you want your child to be unique and special to God, then you get them into the presence of God. Nebuchadnezzar asked for children who were born in a king's house, children of a prince, and then he specified, I want these children to have skill. I want these children to be unblemished, well-favored, skillful in wisdom, knowledgeable, with scientific understanding. So that meant they didn't try to skip classes. They didn't cheat. They didn't try to figure out a way to get around the work. They plunged into it, and they learned what they were supposed to learn. Not so popular now, If we could just squeak by. Of course, most of us don't know how to do what a computer does. You need to be able to do some things without a calculator. These children were schooled. He said, that's who I want. And I want them to be able to serve in the king's house, which inferred that they understood authority, and they would be loyal, and they would be sincere, and they would be obedient, and they would be submissive. And they would never try to undermine authority that's who he was looking for and who he got was daniel shadrach meshach and abednego whose names were hananiah mishael azariah those four standout children had their names changed their culture was absorbed in their captivity So they had to make the difference in their personal consecration. When you're being offered everything, you're the only one that can say no. I think I'm going to repeat that. When you are being offered everything, you are the only one that can say no. Just because it's legal doesn't make it moral. Just because it's legal doesn't make it holy. Just because I'm free and 21 doesn't mean that it will not affect my consecration. In fact, there was a discussion, I think, in Zechariah between the priests and the prophet. And he said, if you bring something holy in your skirts and it brushes up against something holy, designated for temple use, and you're carrying a spoon or a laver, That was designated. If that labor touches something else, will it make it holy? Oh, I've got my Bible. But if you're unclean to begin with, they said it will not. But if something holy touches something unclean, will it be made unholy? Yes. And then we talked about, go ahead. Timothy said, in answer, you say, well, we're just doing a study of Daniel. Well, we're actually talking about living in a captivity. And I mentioned every stitch of my clothing probably has a label right down to my shoes. Made in, yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't matter how much you pay for it or how little. The big stuff, the little stuff. All made in China. We are products of the culture we live in and the culture we live in is global and not one of us can escape it but you can escape its values it starts here and here and here and here and here you make choices i make choices with whom you'll identify and these children were standouts and timothy said if a man Mankind, that didn't just mean men. It means if you are a New Testament believer and you want to walk in the steps of a man whose life we can see from 13 to 90, then there has to be a price individually, not with your mama, your daddy, your husband, your wife. It has got to be individual. If you'll purge yourself... Well, if the pastor doesn't preach against it, then I can do it. You missed the point. This is not about whether or not we're acceptable to him or whether you're acceptable to me or whether you're good enough to sing in the choir or whether you're good enough to sit over here or whether we let you teach Sunday school. Your acceptability and there are standards. with there, our, our insurance, our insurance levies standards on us and says you have to only have certain people handling your kids or we're not covering you if an insurance company can do it for the sake of money he said you want to serve me cleanse yourself and if you do 40 days of fire i've been off track get yourself back well i want the pastor to call me i want someone to nag me i want someone to follow me around i'm telling you those days are done this is time to grow up he said you shall be a vessel unto honor this is not if brother showstrand will let me do it that's all the acceptance i need because i just want to do something so you tell me the five things i need to do So you'll let me do what I want. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, that is not what Timothy's talking about. (laughs) Timothy's not talking about so that you can be part of your favorite social circle in church. Timothy is talking about honor and sanctified. That means that's the difference in toothbrush, hairbrush, and toilet brush. That's what that means. So, what do you want your experience in church in the body of Jesus to be? If you just want to attend, that's what you're going to get. But if you see something beyond just your showing up and sitting in a seat, this is for you. He said, you'll be sanctified and meet. That means fitted, trained, adapted to the master's use and prepared prepared unto every good work. We have had a vision for a long time of wanting to raise up a church of people who are cross-trained so nobody has a niche and no one else can replace them if something happens. We weren't trying to remove people from things they love. We were trying to prepare for the eventuality that we need to trade parts like we maintain our cars. He said... I want you to be cross-trained to every good work. I want you to be able to do it all. He said, I don't want you to lock yourself in a position that is comfortable to you. I want you to be able to get up and go when I say go, do, stand, fight, remain. He said, I want you to be that fluid prepared. And then he said, run away. From youthful lust. Notice that he didn't say master it, discipline it. He said, You run because there are forces in you and outside of you beyond your ability to control. It's not a discipline issue. He said, There are some things you literally run from. He said, Get away from it and then follow. Why would he say follow righteousness? Because you and I don't get to make up what we think is righteous. We have to find somebody doing it according to the Bible and then follow their actions. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He didn't say, call yourself Paulinian, Paulette, Pauletta, he said, You follow my actions. You follow what you see is righteous in me. And then faith. You want to find somebody to lift you out of the doldrums and the mollygrubs? Who are you hanging with? Who are you around? Are you talking negative to each other? This is for you. Stop it. Stop it. You're supposed to follow faith, not fear. You're supposed to follow. I am following the right thing to do. There is a way to do. And Pastor and I have taught for 20 years about what's right. About things that should be done decently and order. And he said, I want you to follow righteousness. And he put it first. He said, it's very important that you can get along in a church body. Say, said, well, it doesn't say anything about a church body. Yes, it most certainly does. Righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them. It's not enough to say, I practice these things in a bubble at my house. All of these things are tested in the real fire of human relationships in the church where you live and grow. Say, well, I'll just avoid that by changing churches good luck. There are only seven kinds. The last time I checked in the book of revelations and I literally went for it because he was going back and forth from Daniel to revelation because they fit together. The puzzle pieces you talked about the thousand on Wednesday night. I heard you even with a baby in my lap. All seven of them had trouble. And at the end of every single one of those churches, he said, to him that overcometh. Which meant it doesn't matter which church you settle in. You and I are going to have to get over some things. And then I run back to the explanation in Daniel that said he's going to wear out the saints of the most high. It means to harass continually. And it's referred to... Mentally, It seems like in our church, we get out of one crisis. Am I telling the truth? Y'all feel that way? We're being harassed. You say, well, if I go to another church, please, please grow up. It isn't the church. We're at the end and our enemy has mounted an all out offense against us. Revelation said he's gone to make war with those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ and obey his commandments. He said, I want you to follow righteousness, faith, charity, That means doing things out of love and not what we can get out of it. Because you're connected to people and you genuinely care about people in your church body. I'd like to tell you that if you change churches tomorrow, you can bond with the other 250 people. But that's not how it works. It takes a long time for people to get to know one another. Where are you going to spend the time? It's like saying we've hit a rough patch in our marriage. I'm going to start over with somebody else. Just how many times do you think you can go around starting over? At some point, we have to settle down and go, we're going to have to make a decision in this family whether we're going to fight together or we're going to flee. Fight or flight, and Pastor and I looked at each other one year, and we said there's a third response. A fight. Run. He said the third response is faith. I think I'll just wait and see what the Lord will do. I'm gonna be loyal where I am. I gotta love somebody. I've gotta practice charity with somebody. Why not right here? You know how many people Daniel had to practice with? Hananiah, Azariah, and what was the other one? Mishael, three young teenagers also taken captive. Everybody else was a stranger but you're going to notice how he treated them because Daniel had a connection this way. Even if I don't see it, he's working. So he established spiritual and physical boundaries. From the heart, he said, I'll lose myself if I let myself taste of everything they're offering me. I will not be Daniel. I will become Belteshazzar. I can't afford it. I may never see home again but home is in my heart so he made an intentional decision here which means he was self-policing self-observing self-watching and then he said that means i'm going to watch what goes in my mouth i'm going to admonish us we also have to watch what goes in our eyes what goes in our ears if it were only food that would be one thing it's a lot more than that being offered to us right now so he established those boundaries and he requested see this is what happens when children are brought up under authority and they learn respect he didn't march in demanding his rights he was a slave they they'd killed him in an instant the way he presented what he was asking for and he went to the authority in charge. He didn't mount an insurrection. He didn't go behind anybody's back. He went up to the eunuch. Go open your Bibles to chapter 1. Thank you. Some of you have already anticipated me. Daniel 1. There are only 12 chapters. Get out your device. You need to have your Bible. I don't want to spoon feed you. Get it out. Look at it. You need to, This is for us. Say, this is for me. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to ask you to let me not defile myself, which means that he had to explain to the guy over him, I can't eat this stuff. I have a commitment to God. Wow. Already 13 and telling people why I don't do what you do. Well, my church makes me. Are you serious? Even a 13-year-old can say, my mom and dad taught me. Well, your parents aren't here. I don't care. I know better than this, and I'm not doing it. Doggone. Yeah, 13 years old. Well, children are not able. They're well able. They can make a decision. Next slide. He lived under authority. I want you to go to Daniel 1 and 9. What happened when he lived under authority? And we're going to go fast because we have a meeting. Daniel 1 and 9. You see what that says? Pastor, would you read that for me? I don't have it up. Read that for me. Daniel 1 and 9. Now God brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuch. That man saw that child and saw his intense desire to keep home in his heart. I think it moved him because guess what? I would lay dollars to donuts. Yes, I said that. That that eunuch himself had been taken into captivity as a child. Probably lost his own parents, his little sister, no more grandparents. And I think he looked at that 13-year-old, that fresh-faced boy, so precious, so homeless, so helpless, and said, I'm absolutely going to help you do this, but you know if anything happens to you, I'm dead. And Daniel said, look here, just give us 10 days. What a child. He's reasoning with an adult. Let me explain to you that throwing fits and trying to manipulate and intimidate to get what you want, young people, old people, all people. Learn a lesson from a 13-year-old captive. Give me 10 days. Let me show you. And 10 days would show whether or not Daniel was goof trooping or just trying to show off or whether he was sincerely going to enjoy those vegetables. And you know what I think that begins? Much later as an old man, you're going to find him going on a fast with no meat. When did he start doing that? When he was 13. I'm sorry. I love him. It has taken a thousands of years, and me to be in my 60s to be able to appreciate this man whom I could never have talked to. But his life speaks to me, his commitment, his sincerity, with no help. He made a choice. God gave him favor. God said, I'll work with that. I talked to the choir tonight about faith, hope, and love. How come it is if you're wrestling with having hope in your situation, if it doesn't matter whether or not you are involved in this 40-day fest, then how come there's so much pushback every time you try to give something up? How come there's so much argument about whether or not it's worth it and what do you expect? Do you honestly think by spending this effort for 40 days, what do you expect to get out of it? Have you heard that little voice? We've done this before. Who do you think that is? You're not doing this to play to the pastor or the audience. God looks down and he sees son, child, a grown man, a grown woman going, I'm clearing space for you in my life. He is seeing the evidence of your faith and the actions you choose. And God said, I'm going to give you favor because I saw what you did, Son. I saw you pushed away that plate, that rich food and that wine. No one's there to tell you no. I don't know if that little guy saw his mom and dad taking him to the synagogue. Brother Tim, he knew very well he couldn't drink that stuff. It'd be like taking drugs. It would dull his senses. He would be more susceptible to grooming or to whatever. And he just knew, I can't do just give me water and vegetables. Ten days. Because of him, look at 11 through 16, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah all committed to the Lord. There has to be one in every group of four teenagers who instead of following out the door and seeing how much y'all can get by with, that your parents don't know whether it's vaping, texting inappropriate things, being involved in things you know you're not supposed to be doing. There has to be a Daniel go, I'm not going with you. I'm not going to be a part of that. This is not what pastor teaches. I'm sorry. There has to be someone. And because he was that way, look what they did. They studied, they learned, they prepared. Go to Daniel 1 and 17. See, I I I want you to look at 11 through 62. I want you to understand Daniel didn't go on that fast by himself. Did you, did you read it in your Bible so you know that he didn't just get up? He became the spokesman for the other three. They were following him. you got to do this in a together thing. you got to make a choice. You don't have your little secret life over here, and then you come join us. We are together in our lives of belief and faith. We've got to be together. we got to get to know each other so we can see, are you down? What can I do to help you? Put that scripture back up there. Thank you. And look what happened. When they studied, learned, and prepared, they made an effort. And then God gave them knowledge, skill. In how much learning? You want to do better in school? You want to do better on your job? Consecrate yourself. Well, I need to go take some more courses. and I need, You may do that, but that's not your first step. Your first step is, I am holy. I am holy. I don't do these things to make me holy. I do these things to keep me ready for service. God gave them understanding. Now, in a crisis, Daniel 2, remember I already told you, you saw his timeline, he was 18, 18 years old. When he interpreted nebuchadnezzar's dream a world conqueror 18 what were you doing at 18. what was i doing at 18. do you know why the lord wants our children raised in church he doesn't want to have to pick us up from the street and teach us everything that we could have been teaching our kids by our example and not making church an option preparing our children to take their place in leadership. Where do you do that? Well, you don't send them to Disney World's administrative, go learn to be an artist or a pianist or whatever. You get them in church and they'll learn to sing. You get them in church and they'll learn to play an instrument. You get them in church and they'll learn to read. You get them in church and they'll learn to memorize. You get them and keep them in church. They'll learn to get along with people. You get them in church and they'll learn respect. You get them in church and they'll learn submission. You get them in church and they'll learn how things work. And what's more important, you get them and keep them in church and you'll introduce them to God. That does not happen with half-hearted, we come every now and then kind of people. Or act one way here and then tear everybody to pieces there. We are a family of believers that move together trying to create a place that we can prepare for the coming of the Lord. We are in Babylon. And the end of this place has already been prophesied. Which is why he said, come out from among them and be ye separate. Don't see how close you can get to being like this world. It's going to burn. Global warming doesn't surprise me at all. The core is heating up. Daniel was able to speak wisdom. Go to the second chapter 13 and 14. You will find that when the king was in a rage because all of his talking heads couldn't tell him his dream, Ariok came to Daniel and said, you guys are fixing to be killed. I don't know what to do, but you're going to die. Why? Because the king's big guys couldn't figure out what he dreamed. And he's so mad, he's going to burn everybody to the ground. And Daniel said, Give me some time. And he went to the king, sir. If you don't know how to talk to people and request and be respectful and we've got this American thing and it's not anymore, it's an anarchy. Give me what I want or we'll burn your building down. Give us what we want. Define the police. That spirit is antichrist. It has always been. Ask with thanksgiving. Make your petitions known and the God of peace will keep your heart and mind. None of us can be demanding He said, sir, give me time. And then he went home. Keep reading with me. You think I'm lying. He went home and he got Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah and said that they would desire the mercies of heaven. You know what he meant? I looked it up. Go over there and just desire. He said, pray with me. It means pray with me. Ah, oh, it's helpless. We've done this before. Oh my god, we're gonna die. Pray with me that God will give me, pray for me. And those boys took it seriously. They went home, wherever home was, and they said, God, we're captives here. We're gonna die. We have no parents we have no hope there's no adult to go to the adults in charge of us have told us we're going to die do you want your children to be able to survive that kind of drama trauma crisis those kids knew how to pray before they were taken into captivity who taught him hero Israel get over here right now repeat the Lord our God is one Lord what you been doing Ah, oh, we have a game every, <laughs> where are you? I'm here learning the Shema on Wednesdays, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Hear, oh Israel, what are you doing letting your kids cut up in the floor? My children are learning to worship. What are you doing? I am teaching them what they are going to need when I am dead and gone, and they can't get help anyplace else. They prayed, and then Daniel woke up. I've got it. I've got it. He didn't go racing to the king. Pastor, I double-checked. You know what he did? He said, God, there's nobody like you. Mark it in your Bible. Highlight it on your phone. Daniel 2, 19 through 23. God, there's no one like you. I know you gave this to me. I want to thank you. You heard our prayer. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. 13. 14, 15, 16, 18. Hallelujah. Next slide. From 18 to 34, he served. We don't read a lot about it because you know what? What's the space between 18 and 34? How many years is that? 16? 16 years later. What are you doing in the space between 18 and 34? I'm getting up and going to work every day i'm still praying i still open my window what are you doing i still quote hero israel the lord our god and the bible says later we find out what he was doing he prayed and gave thanks to god every day part of daniel's routine of life was to acknowledge God and to give thanks. You mean you can be thankful when your parents have been murdered and your sister and your country has been burned to the ground? My Bible says he did it every day, and he didn't even have the Holy Ghost. Every day. He gave thanks. And at the age of 34, and I want to say at the end of this, he spoke up to the king and he said, you're going to make me somebody. I want you to remember my friends. Talk about loyalty. I want you to make a way for them too. I want you to take care of my family. This is the only family I've got, these three brothers here. And he did make them. And Daniel was someplace else. But Daniel's integrity influenced his friends. Has yours influenced yours? Or is other people's negativity dragging you down? Who's influencing whom? If you're going to be Daniel, you're the leader. You're the one. And at 34, that's Caitlin's age, that's David's age, 34, his three friends went through a trial together, and he wasn't there. But I want to tell you what his influence was on them, that when it came time to either bow, we pushed away the plate and the wine cup, but now the music is playing, and we're in the kingdom as leaders, and you're trying to make us do something we don't want to do at our jobs, which is going to defile our faith. Well, I'm just going to do a little because they expected it of me. You played the music. We're not bowing. Did you notice someone's over there? Boss man, you asked them to do, and they wouldn't do it? Oh, it's it's their stupid religion again. It always comes back to that, doesn't it? Always. If you think you're hiding your faith underneath your appearance, there's going to come a moment when you're going to have to stand up and declare, I don't do that. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. If this is what you're going to do, our God whom we, not my God whom I, i got some brothers with me, whom we serve is able and he will deliver us out of your hand. Do you know what that meant? If you burn us, you can't touch us ever again. We don't ever have to serve you another day if we drop dead in this fire. Your power over us is done. But if not, if we do drop dead and you can't touch us anymore, I think you need to know we will not do that unethical, immoral, wrong thing. You're putting pressure on me to do, not even for my job will I do this. I will not. I started when I was 13. I'm 34. God brought me here and kept me here. It wasn't you. I'm not doing it. We will not worship the golden image. Next slide. 28 through 30. Get your Bible so that you know. You mark it. This is so you'll remember it. Not so I can give you a pop quiz. We need to remember this. After the whole thing was over it wasn't about how well do you administer what i gave you this was about i have seen your faith in action in your job i have seen your faith in action in a context completely outside of church. I've never been to your synagogue, and I'm never going to your country. In fact, I burned it to the ground. But you did something for me that nobody of my other captives have done. They've never stood up for their gods of gold and silver and brass. You stood up, and you didn't die. Blessed be the God. Here's Nebuchadnezzar. The head man, the potentate, the almighty. He's in your history book. And he said these words. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him. And have changed the king's word. Your testimony changed me, I have changed. I was cussing you. I allowed my soldiers to be killed. The best of my servant soldiers, I allowed them to be killed trying to get at you. But because of what you believe, it has changed what's coming out of my mouth. And you yielded your body. I could see a difference in you. By the way you look, you were willing to stand for your faith and die for it. That you would not serve or worship any God. Therefore, I make a decree. Anybody who says anything against your God will be cut to pieces. Next verse. Next slide. I'll pile up your dead bodies. And you know what dung is. He said, I want people to use that as a toilet. Don't anybody say anything against this God. I have conquered the world and I have never seen faith like that. Now, tell me why you're having trouble fasting. Tell me why you're having trouble standing at school because somebody is looking for you to be a game changer. That's why there's so much pressure for you to give in just a little. Just don't be so hard. Don't be so committed. Don't be so all out. That's weird. You're going where again? Daniel! God is my judge. Then he promoted them. It wasn't because they shook hands and they manipulated and they went to parties and they did all the political things that were expected. It's because he saw power, raw power. And he said, I'm going to promote them. Do not exchange your faith for a promotion. Let your faith promote you. Say amen. He spoke truth to power from 18 to 80. I want to show you what he did. Next slide. He did Nebuchadnezzar's dream. I'm not going to do any of that, except I want you to look. He said, O king, all that you've demanded, they can't do. But there is a God in heaven. Well, I, I don't feel comfortable witnessing. Are you kidding me? I tell people, we've been praying. We can't do this, but I'm going to get with my prayer group and we're going to pray. Now, whether or not they ever write chapter 4 and tell about what God did for them like Nebuchadnezzar did, that's probably not in the history books either, but it is in that old ancient Bible that he said, I worship the God of heaven now. How many people can say they converted the president, the prime minister, The premier, Daniel can. Because a 13-year-old made his mind up. As for me, it's not my talent, sir. And it's not because I'm wise. But for their sakes, that shall make known the interpretation. Go on. Next slide. That you might know the thoughts of your heart. That was 18. What happened from 18 to 57? Well, we know at 34 was the fiery furnace. Well, what about 34 to 57? Now, Nebuchadnezzar doesn't say Daniel was anywhere near him, but at the age of 57, he had another dream. I can tell you this, the people that are on their own track, with their own destiny, on their own success, they may leave you alone for a while, but every time there's trouble, who do they call? What are you supposed to be doing in between times? Waiting. Oh, if they'll just call me. I'll just... Daniel was doing what he always did. Here, O oh Israel, three times a day. I still don't do those things. I still keep a watch on my heart. I still have home in my heart. And then at the age of 57, he gave counsel. Now, he didn't do it at 18. At 18, he just simply said, O oh, king, this is what you saw. God is making you aware of this, O oh, king. But at 57, Nebuchadnezzar was greatly troubled. And Daniel said, took him from 18 to 57 to say, O oh, king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. He said, stop sinning. Now he's moved up. How can you say that to a king? Because he had built such trust and respect by serving that man with humility and honor that he could speak things to him that no one else could. He said, I'm going to ask you to break off your sins and start doing right and and show mercy to the poor. If it may be a lengthening, you see, because Nebuchadnezzar was starting to feel the mental pressure of so much murder, so much blood, so much destruction. You can't live that way and it not affect you. Even then, now flip it, even then God was reaching for the man. Can you believe this? That God would reach for somebody that vile, that violent, that whatever, and yet he put Daniel right there. He must have loved Nebuchadnezzar. Our arch enemy, Yeah. Yeah. Next slide. For seven years, he lost his mind, but then he was restored, and he praises the God of heaven. I think that's chapter 4. Go and look. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was in my house. Is that right? Okay. There it is. At 80... Now that was 57, do the math. 57 to 80, what are you doing? Daniel, have you gone home? What are you doing? I'm still doing what I've always done because I'm keeping myself ready at any time. Daniel, here comes the call, 80 years old. Did you think when you were 80, you weren't going to need God anymore? You weren't going to need to intercede for people? And because you haven't seen your prayers answered that you need to just go, he kept standing where he was, making himself available and having a relationship with God in between times. And finally, a queen who, who was aware of what he did. I don't read anywhere that Daniel did anything for Belshazzar, but at the age of 80, he got a call one night the king is terrified there's been a hand on the wall his knees not together he nearly had a stroke and he probably was close to a seizure and so the Bible says that the Queen mother said there was a man in your father's kingdom who said I know he could interpret dreams. He got that old man out of bed at 80 years old. I need you. And Daniel begins to quote, and he says to him in 10 through 23, you knew what God did for your dad, but you never repented. Wow. Could you speak like that? You sure couldn't do it if you've been playing games. You sure couldn't do it if you hadn't been living right. You sure couldn't do it because you, you know, I don't have a right to say anything because I remember what I've been doing. He said, you knew what your daddy did, 80 years old, and then this is what's moving. From 67 to 73. God begins to talk to Daniel after all these years of faithfulness. There is a scripture that says, so I want to tell you, I didn't finish Joel this morning. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters, he's talking to moms and dads that have kids. He's telling them, I want you to hold on. I don't want you to do stupid stuff in your despair of thinking you're never going to get loose of this trial, this test. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Stay in church. the course and by the way let me tell you something else your old men are going to dream dreams our society does not value old people they get rid of them but my bible says old people are going to have heaven's going to speak in dreams why because old people kind of doze off and the lord said that's okay because while you're dozing i'm going to be putting things into your mind and your young men young men seeing visions, and on my servants and my handmaids. And God begins to give Daniel something for all those years. He's been so faithful. Son, I love you so much. I'm going to show you stuff I've never shown anybody else. And you don't know it, but it's going to be the basis of the last book in the Bible. How old am I? Uh, I'm 80. He sees 67 to 73. And 7 and 25 says... He's going to wear out the saints, and I told you what that is. He's going to afflict and harass us continually. Am I the only one? Do we feel like we are being harassed constantly? Is it the truth? It's not the church, folks. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not even that precious man there. We're not your problem. We're at the end. We're at the end. And the battle for your mental abilities and your heart is heating up just like the core of the earth is, there is a parallel going on here. The fight is intensifying, and all of a sudden there goes Israel, and all of a sudden Pakistan and Iran, and all of a sudden Russia and Ukraine, and all of a sudden Hindi versus Muslim, and all of a sudden wear out. Go ahead. Next slide. Three times a day in Daniel 6, how old is he? go to turn your Bible, 83. And I showed you on the timeline this morning, Darius, the new administration, he's gotten old in the land of captivity and people still see how precious he is. One last blow. We couldn't find you cheating at work. You haven't been embezzling. You haven't been taking stock and hiding it. You have been honorable all these years under every single administration where you have worked. The only thing we can attack is you keep trying to profess that you're an apostolic. I don't like the way you look, and I don't like your worship. We're going to have to find a rule that will out the fact that you pray three times a day. We can do that. We'll make a rule against praying because we know you won't stop. In fact, we're counting on it. Because we're trying to kill you. When he knew the decree was written, he opened the window. 83. I don't know how he got down on those knees, but he did. Three times a day, Darius was up all night. He loved that old man. He saw his integrity. Of the thousands of people that were taken in captivity, this old man spoke to him. Faithfulness, sincerity, honesty. What do you want to be doing in your 80s? Bitter people are people who have failed of the grace of God. If you and I don't choose grace in our trials, we are going to become bitter old husks of what we could have been in our 80s as a blessing to the people in our family and people around us who are looking for something different prayer what does the new testament say about it first peter 4 12 through 13 i thought in my 80s i'd be home free well think again beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trial as though some strange thing happened to you but rejoice in as much you are partakers of not daniel's sufferings Not Meshach's sufferings, but the sufferings of Christ that when his glory shall be revealed. Next slide. These are the four big chapters, 9, 10, 11, 12. And he got them from 83 to 90. I want you for this week in your Bible reading, if you'll join me, I want you to read Daniel 9. He begins to repent for his people and himself. It's one of the most powerful prayers I have ever read in my life. And so moving. He is not a man who's going, those wicked people, he said, I and all of us. It's very moving. Daniel 9. Did you get that? He intercedes. You know how he starts out? Fasting. Sackcloth and ashes. Three years later, he goes on the Daniels fast. Three years later. Nine is just the record of his prayer. Ten is fasting for three weeks, and an answer comes. Greatly beloved. He waited that long. Heaven has been watching him from the time he was 13. He's just as faithful in his 80s as he was at 13. Heaven sends an angel. Greatly beloved. Daniel. Fear not. You're in your 80s now. You have escaped the lions. You've escaped the Chaldeans, the Medes, and the Persians. You won't escape death. And I'm going to show you things that are going to be hard. Why would you show an old man that? I have no family. I'm alone. No, you're not. Fear not. This is what we need to hear in our ageist society. Fear not, peace. Be strong, and he says it twice double strength. I want you to put your hand on your heart and say with me, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee. Be strong be strong clearly god thinks that old people can handle pressure daniel eleven thirty two, he writes this the people who do know their god shall be strong and do exploits next slide and here's the last slide i have this is the 12th chapter And I called it the future. And in this 12th chapter, you'll find the way, the end, the rest, and the lot. This is what every one of us has to look forward to at the end of our lives. He showed him times of trouble, 90. And then he said this, They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever. The angel told him, Daniel, they are going to be a group of people who are going to shine because of the way they live. And then he turns to him and says, Shut up the words and seal the book. Many shall run to and fro. And I heard, but I didn't understand. It's until you get to Revelations, the last thing when it says, Open the book. Do not seal it. Now is the time. Open it up. For Daniel at the age of 90, he said, I don't understand. Tell me when the end of these things shall be. Next slide. And that voice, twelve, thirteen. go your way till the end. Keep doing what you're doing till your end comes. Sister Shostran, what's going to be my future? The same thing your present is. Come to church, pray, give, live. Serve, keep coming, keep giving, keep loving, keep serving. Go your way. I live in this little house, stay in your little house. Keep giving, keep loving, keep praying, keep fasting, keep going. I'm 90, keep going. Old men dream dreams, young men see visions. God will never leave us and you will not be without purpose, Daniel. Acts 1 and 8 wait a minute go your way you'll rest everybody say I have a way to finish I'm going to rest say it I'm going to stand in my lot everybody has a place don't try to run my race you're going to have to run your own you're going to have to run your own Don't let people distract you. Don't let a fence get you. Get in your track. Run. Run. Stay in your place. Run. Hold on to his unchanging hand. Acts 1, 7, and 8. They asked, when are these things going to be? And he turned around and said to them what the angel said to Daniel. Would you stand? Praise team, come on up. It's not for you to know times and seasons. I'd like you all to come to the front if you would right now. Bring your Bibles with you. It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has in his own power. I want to remind you of something. I don't care where you're living. Those of you that are online Those of you that are watching in a future time, it doesn't really matter to God whether you're in this country, that country, whether you're living in this house or that little place. The place is not important. The power is. He said, I'm giving this to everybody. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The gift that everybody here needs is the gift Daniel didn't have. We don't have to wait for a prophecy 16 years from the last one. We don't have to wait. We know the end of the book and the spirit and the bride say come and let him that is the thirst come and drink of the water of life freely. Daniel didn't get that offer. He was just told keep doing what you're doing. But you and I have a well springing up inside of us. Jesus came thousands, 500, 700 years later and brought the gift of the Holy Ghost so that you could be baptized. We call it burial. So that you could receive what Daniel couldn't, a well of living water springing up inside. So that when Nebuchadnezzar comes for you, you would stand and say, I know My Redeemer lives. Jesse, I want you to sing it. Would you lift your hands right now, Lord? We thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Jesus, that you are living and alive. There is no God like our God, and we can trust you. And we know that we can be Daniels in this world through consecration, through separation. Hallelujah.